Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. And I will be your host for this hour, Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. I'm with you today to take your questions and your prayer requests. As you just heard the number to call to be on the air, to be able to be a part of the program and maybe your Bible reading has brought up a question, or maybe the things that are going on around us as we enter into a new year, a new decade. You're wondering, uh, what does the Bible have to say about these things? Uh, we want to go to God's Word. We want to encourage you. Uh, we want to pray for you if you've got any prayer needs, and I'm sure that some of you listening out there, you need prayer. And and give us a call. You heard the number. is 303-690-3000. That works for all those who are listening on Grace FM today along the Front Range here in Colorado. we got a beautiful winter day. The sun is shining. The geese are flying. Um, it's it's warm here for January in, in northern Colorado, I think, along the Front Range. And so um, give us a call. Uh, hope you're doing well uh, as we have finished up the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. We're well into the new year, so looking forward to what the Lord has for us uh, this year, uh, this decade, if the Lord tarries. And we want to be available for you to answer your questions, to minister to you, to encourage you, to take you to God's Word, where uh, God's Word is truth, and and all of it is. And we can trust it from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. But to pray with you and to uh, minister to you over the airwaves. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. And we want to welcome also those who are listening in on the East Coast, at Hope FM and Truth FM. Welcome. You too can call at that number, 303-690-3000, as we have open lines. Grab one of those open lines early, and uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord. And let's go to God's Word, and let's uh, just go to the throne of grace in time of need as you give your prayer request. So 303-690-3000. And also there is another means for you to be able to uh, to ask a question or give a prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line. And that number is 720-336-0897. I want to encourage you, put those two numbers in your contacts. And uh, during the year, as you're listening to Calvary Live, that's on Monday through Friday and different pastors I'm usually hosting Tuesdays and Fridays. Pastor Ed is Wednesday and Thursday, Nick Cady on Monday, but uh, there will be other times that pastors will be hosting. But we encourage you to be a, uh, a regular supporter and listener of this show, and uh, we would encourage you to put those numbers in your contacts. You can pull them up. Uh, the online uh, or the dedicated text line is 720-336-0897, and for you to call in and be on the air, 
is uh, the on-air line is 303-690-3000. So let me know you're out there. We're starting a new year. Uh, let's start out by uh, talking about the things of the Lord. Uh, I also want to welcome all the online listeners. That audience sure grew last year in 2019. And uh, you can call anywhere in the country uh, at that number, 303-690-3000. I do want to read to you a verse from uh, the scriptures from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. I think it's very appropriate as we start the new year. And the Lord declares, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And one of the things about a new year, we know that uh, the Lord's mercies are new every year. His mercies are new every day and every morning is what God's Word declares. And so we want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, uh, your relationship with Him. We want to remind you of His love for you and that His promises are true for you. And so that's what I pray that, that we're able to do here on Calvary Live. So we got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And also that dedicated text line, Be make sure that you are safe as you're texting in a question or a prayer request. And that number is 720-336-0897. We had wonderful services for the uh, Christmas and New Year's uh, season here at Calvary Greeley as we had uh, Christmas Eve services. And I know that many of you were at your church at Christmas Eve as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. But then last week, uh, you know, last Tuesday, uh, we had a prophecy update, and, and people have been asking if they can get that teaching. If you go on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, you can pull up that teaching. As I did a message uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, the church discerning the times or ignoring the times. And, and I believe that today in the church, unfortunately, uh, th- there are many Christians and unfortunately many churches that really are ignoring the times in which we're living in and how we need to be more than ever to be uh, watching and waiting and be discerning. Uh, we talked about on Christmas Eve how uh, when the wise men came to Jerusalem because they're following the star of Bethlehem, uh, and they came and Herod wanted to see them, and he said, why are you guys here? And they said, because we're here to worship the, the new king of Israel, and we've come to worship him. And Herod was very upset about that, and so he called for the chief priests and uh, the scribes and wanted to know uh, where are um, these, um, you know, where is this new ruler supposed to uh, be born of? And they quoted Micah 5, 2, that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. But I find it interesting that those religious leaders would not even travel 10 miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to check it out. And we know that Jesus would, uh, he would rebuke those religious leaders in his ministry and said, you can discern the weather in the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the coming of the Son of Man. And they had missed it. When he wept over Jerusalem, he said, you should have known the day of your visitation, but you did not. And now your, your city is left to you desolate, and you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, so 
today as we know that Jesus promised he would come back. He told us of signs and the birth pangs that would take place. The Bible tells us as a, at the church has a glorious, glorious future, and we as Christians, and so we are to be wise and discerning in the days in which we're living in. So you might want to listen to that message, the church discerning the times or ignoring the times, and we want to be wise and we want to uh, be looking to um, the soon return of the Lord. We don't know the day or the hour, but the seasons we do know. And uh, I mentioned on a week ago that uh, one of the things to be looking for is tensions to rise in the Middle East. And it was just a few days after that, of course, we see um, the events that took place with um, the United States and, um, you know, with the drone attack on uh, Iran, uh, their general, Soleimani, and and uh, and all of a sudden, uh, the tensions are very high, and and people are asking, is it going to be World War III with Iran? The Bible speaks about those things, and maybe you got a question about. Give me a call, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to the Word of God and see what the Word of God has to say about it. Hey, we got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines. But in the meantime, we're going to go to Denver, where Patrick is on line two. Hi, Patrick. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. You got a question? So, like in that in Genesis, it says where um, God kicks out Cain, mm-hmm. and and then um, so what I was asking was um, when Cain is uh, evicted, where where is um all those people come from that he marries into a a family? Because they didn't come right. from Adam and Eve. Was there a pre-Adamic kingdom before Adam? No, I, I don't believe so, Patrick, because the Bible does not indicate that at all. What we know, what the Bible says, is that Adam was the first man, and um, out of Adam came Eve. And Adam and Eve, of course, would um, have Cain and Abel, and then Cain killed Abel, and then he was... Um, you know, driven out uh, from the face of the ground, a fugitive of vagabond is what it says, right? As you go into Genesis chapter 4. And and so he goes out. But here's the thing to remember. First of all, the Bible does not give any indication at all that there's other civilizations or other places before Adam. Um, Adam was the first man. The Bible's very clear about that. And the Lord breathed life into him. And Eve was the first woman. They came yes. together in the first marriage in Genesis chapter 2. But but here's the thing to remember is how did the world begin to populate after that? Adam and Eve lived to be, and the people in that time, right? yeah, hundreds of years old, up to 900 years old. And so you can imagine, it it doesn't tell us, but Adam and Eve very easily could have had a lot of other children that then would begin to repopulate the world. Matter of fact, there are some historians and scholars that suggest that when it came to Noah, you know, before the flood, that the earth had uh, millions upon millions, maybe even a couple billion people that were on the earth at that time because they were living so long. So we have to go to what the Bible has to say. The Bible gives no indication whatsoever that there is anyone, um, you know, uh, before Adam, 
or that, you know, there are other civilizations that started with Adam and Eve, and he was given the commandment to what? To go out and populate the earth. And right. That's what they did. So who knows how many children they had. Um, so we want to stay with what the Bible has to say. So when okay. when Satan and the angels were kicked out of heaven, didn't they come to earth before um, he created Adam? Well, there's there's what's called um, the the gap theory that uh, in Genesis one in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There are some that have this this gap theory they come up with, or a theory that it was between Genesis one one and Genesis. One, two, that that's when the angels rebelled um, with uh, Lucifer, who uh, in Isaiah chapter 14, he wanted to sit on the throne. He challenged God. Jesus said in Luke's narrative that I saw Satan fall like lightning to the earth. But here's the thing. It, it doesn't tell us when that happened. What I find interesting, Patrick, is you can go to Ezekiel. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Ezekiel okay. um, 26 or 20, 28. And it talks about um, that you are a seal of perfection. This is speaking of the king of Tyre, but also it, it's a, a, a picture. It points to Satan. And you are full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. And here's where it's interesting in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. And he goes on and he names some of those stones, sardis, topaz, diamonds, pearl, oxen, uh, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. So Satan, or Lucifer, was an anointed cherub who covers, I establish you. You were in the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So this, this is telling us something about Lucifer. And he was a worship leader. It gives us indication. But what I find interesting, he says, you were in Edom, the garden of God. So is that the Garden of Eden that is being spoken of? And it very well could be that that's a reference to that, and that when Lucifer, um, you know, uh, was the anointed cherub, the worship leader, he's there, you know, perhaps in the garden, providing beautiful, beautiful music, and he sees Adam having fellowship with the Lord, and he gets jealous, and he becomes prideful, and he says, I want to be worshipped. I want to sit on the throne. We don't know for sure, but the Bible gives us little hints about that, and that's why we have to guard against pride, because pride is a terrible, terrible sin. It caused Lucifer to fall and become Satan. So we think that God created Adam and Eve, and then 10 minutes later, here came you know, Satan, you know, in the garden as a serpent tricking Eve and, and deceiving her. It could have been years, Patrick. It's we don't know. know. Yep. Yeah, it's difficult to know, but we just got to go with the Scripture. So I don't necessarily hold to that, you know, that's when it took place because the earth was, you know, void 
without form. Um, I believe there's another scripture that's in uh, Isaiah that speaks about that, um, but we just don't know for sure. But I do know for sure this, that Adam was the first man created and then Eve. That's, that's correct. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for okay. calling, Patrick. All right. Thanks, Pastor. Hey, have a blessed New Year, all right? You as well. Bye-bye. All right. 303-690-3000. I believe that we have all open lines right now, so give me a call. And maybe you got a question that your Bible reading has brought up, and uh love to be able to talk to you, or maybe you just need prayer. But, you know, there's some things in the Bible we don't know for sure, different theories and stuff, and uh, but we just go with what the Bible says. And Adam was the first man. Uh, there wasn't other civilizations out there uh, before Adam. There wasn't evolution that took place before Adam. I think it's important for us to understand that uh, because uh, the Lord told Adam that if you eat of that tree, that you shall surely die. Adam didn't know what death was. And, of course, evolution is... Um, the theory that, you know, things die and they, they evolve and they get better. So it was because of Adam's sin that death came to the world, not because of evolution. So we need to keep that in mind. And, and the Bible, it's important for us to understand in the beginning uh, the creation story. And I believe firmly in the creation story in the six days of creation. And God looked at it and he said, it's all good. And, um, you know, um, and the only time that when he first said it isn't good is when Adam was alone. But uh, it's interesting to look at those things, and uh, I believe what God's Word says, and it's important for us to understand the beginning so we can understand the end, what the Lord has to say. Hey, let's go to, um, as we have a couple open lines, grab one of those open lines. We do got a, uh, a question from Joshua, who is in Denver. Hi, Joshua. How are you doing, Pastor Jeff? Good. How are you? Doing good, sir. Hey, yeah, I got a question about uh, Ezekiel 38. I've been studying the last couple of days. I actually called in yesterday, talked to Nick Haiti a little bit, and uh, I actually forgot to ask him a question, so I wanted to just get your input on it. Um, okay. Since you did mention it in the beginning of the show, just about looking at the times and, you know, just kind of discer- discerning certain things that in Scripture, Ezekiel 38 seems to be a one that pops up to me right now, especially with... Uh, you know, you know the the title of Gog and Magog and uh, Persia and uh, then you know, that that co- that uh, coalition or that team up yes. that seems to happen or or what? I just wanted to get your kind of take on that, cause especially since you did that uh, prophecy update, which I'm definitely going to watch that too or listen to that as well. But. Yeah. Uh, and was the, was there a specific question you had about Ezekiel 38, 39 or uh, just really kinda... uh I guess I guess I'm still searching about this one. I I right. might almost have an answer, clear answer, but it's just about Gog and Magog essentially in Ezekiel 38. Um right. and is that more of a title, the Gog as Magog yeah. more of a country? Uh, I hear two different types of uh things, which are the main things. One's a title, and one is like more of a literal interpretation that Ezekiel was just referring to the north, which is in his time was not really the north of Russia, because Russia wasn't really established at that time. It was uh, Iran or Turkey, 
the, yeah. the countries up there. So I, I'm, I'm just researching and just looking at the yeah, times right now, and it's good. pretty incredible, good. actually. <laughs> it is pretty incredible, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, first of all, um, you know, Joshua, a lot of Christians are not familiar with Ezekiel 38 and 39 because they're not taught it in the church. One of the I things know, that I said. said in the prophecy update is that 90% of churches now will not teach on the rapture of the church, and they will not teach through the book of Revelation. They, they won't oh talk gosh. about the tribulation period. So a lot of churches are doing that for various reasons, and I kind of talk about that in the prophecy update. Um, All right, cool. You know, one of the things about Ezekiel 38 that we know of, it follows Ezekiel 36, 37, um, the vision of the dry bones, a nation coming alive again. And I yeah. think that, that it's important for us to, to understand that because Ezekiel is telling sure. about he's prophesying during the time that they have gone off into captivity. Um, he was taken in that second wave of captivity in 597 B.C. Uh, in the Babylon. And so the Bible talks about Israel going off into captivity not once but twice and coming back into the land. So right. he talks about them coming back into the land. He talks about how, you know, this, he sees this, this um, you know, dry bones that become, you know, skeletons that become bodies that God breathes life into them. And in Ezekiel 38, he says something, and this is a real key, I think, when he talks about that coalition of nations that are going to come along. Um, right. He says that after many days you will be visited. He's talking about Israel. In right. the latter okay. years. So this is right. a prophecy that has not come to pass. Some will put right. it into Revelation chapter 20, where you know Satan is led out after the, the millennium reign for a short time. Um, but here he says it's definitely going to take place in the latter years. It has not happened. When they are right. back, when you come into the land, and those brought back from sword gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel— which have long been desolate, they were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. So here's the key. We know that it is going to take place when they come back from all the nations. That took place in 1948 when they became a nation again. They're back into the mountains, back into their lands. They are dwelling safely, securely right now. So Ezekiel 38, we don't know the exact timing of it, but we do know that what it involves, and you've already mentioned this in your research that you're doing, is he mentions Gog, that uh, right. is a title. Um, and in the land of Magog, that points up north to that, that area of people that lived by the Black Sea. If you draw a line from Jerusalem straight north, you're going to hit Russia. And then, oh, um, yeah. and then there is... Um, you know, uh, the Prince of Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, uh, speaking of Turkey in that area, right. and then and Persia as well. What is interesting right. that we're seeing state-setting events that are taking place right now that, right. Um, that we, matter of fact, today, Joshua, there is a picture that I saw of uh, Putin uh, that is with Assad having a meeting together, and we oh, know yeah. that um, that uh, Iran and Putin and, uh, you know, the uh, Turkey are coming together, strengthening their alliance. These are yep. alliances that we haven't seen in 2,500 years that all of a sudden exactly. are becoming strong. So right. people are asking in light of today, 
is, you know, the number one thing that was Googled uh, in this last week with the events of uh, the military strike on the Iranian general in Baghdad is World War III. People are wondering, is this going to lead to World War III? There are, wow. you know, even some of our leaders in Washington are saying it's going to lead to that. Here's right. the thing that's really important, and, and you brought up something that, that we need to as Christians keep in mind what the Bible says, is mm-hmm. that the Bible doesn't talk about war between the United States and Iran. It doesn't mean that it can't happen. Exactly. The Bible right. doesn't even talk about war between Israel and Iran, but the Bible does talk about Ezekiel 38, this coalition of nations that includes right. Iran, Russia and Turkey and Libya and and also Sudan that are going to invade Israel into the mountains. And you'll be coming, ascending like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, all of your troops. From east to the west, and, yeah. Yeah, and the Lord says that I will put a hook in your jaw and I will bring you down. So right. what what is the timing of Ezekiel 38? We don't know. Some put sure. it in the middle of the tribulation period. I think it's best to put it at either the beginning of it or right prior to the tribulation period. So it right. could be the next major war that's going to take place in the Middle East. Um, could there be other wars that lead to that? It could be. Is it tied right. into Isaiah chapter 17? You might want to study that chapter as well. Okay. Uh, because what I hear is... is um, there's going to be a time where Damascus is going to be a ruinous heap. That has never oh, happened, yeah, that heard prophecy. That, that prophecy right. has never been fulfilled because Damascus, it, it, it used to be, I, I got uh, somebody who's on my board, and uh, he, in the 70s, you know, took a trip, him and his wife, to Damascus. <laughs> a lot of Christians used to go to Damascus um, in the 70s, and... You know, in the literature, they boast that they're the the longest continuous city that has existed because, you know, Jerusalem's 3,000 years old, but right. it's been destroyed and rebuilt. Damascus has never gone through that. And wow. it, yeah. it, it wasn't destroyed where it wasn't inhabited. So that is a prophecy that still needs to be fulfilled in Isaiah chapter 17. So is that linked to what we see right. now? So. There is Ezekiel 38 that is still future. There's Ezekiel uh, 39 that speaks of the cleanup, but this coalition of nations, uh, Russia, uh, Gog is a title. Is that Putin? Right. We, don't, we don't know. Time's going to tell. Right. But what's going to be the catalyst? We do know that they come in to take the spoils. So Israel's going to be dwelling safely. They're going to be prospering, and they are. Matter of fact, uh, Joshua, one of the things that they have done is they're going to start um, uh, taking natural gas. they got a huge field right. out there off the coast of Israel and start bringing it into Europe. Europe. And they're telling, yeah, I heard of that. They're telling, they're telling the Europeans, why are you getting it from Russia? You know, get it from us. And that's what the Europeans want to do. They feel sure. it's safer, it's more sure. So there's a lot of things going on that are stage-setting events that sure. are taking place that um, we need to be watching and we need exactly. to be ready. And um, yeah. and if we're that close to Ezekiel 38, I wonder how close we are <laughs> to when the Lord's going to come and take the come church. Come back for us. 
Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, and that's something I'm looking forward to. But it's just so awesome to see just God's word and see it as it's uh, like just as what He says. He's like, you'll know I, that 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 I'm in control, that I'm sovereign by these things that I tell you. You know, and it's just it's just incredible. I'm a it is I'm a younger I'm a younger man, and I love studying the end times. I love Good. studying, um, um, of course, the whole entire scriptures. You know, yes. but it's just so cool, just the power of the gospel and how it, uh, yeah. you know, how it's what Amen. we need. And we will continue to look for Jesus because that's really the ultimate goal. But it's just really Amen. cool to see all this stuff setting in place. And I'm just in yeah. awe of it, really. And it's, it's, it's really yeah, brings too. you close to Jesus. It really does. Amen. Just another. Amen. So. <laughs> Great question, I, Josh. Yes, sir. I appreciate your time. You have a wonderful night. All right, thanks for calling in. Appreciate your question. Thank you. Bye. All right, you hear the music. means that we're going to the only break that we take for the show, and I believe we have all open lines. So let me know you're out there. Let me know that you're excited about uh, the Lord and growing in the Lord. you got a question or a prayer request, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Fitz. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. You are back listening to Calvary Live, the second half of the program. So glad that you have joined us. Hey, we got all open lines. And so let me know you're out there. And many of us, we've gone back to work. We've gone back to school we're starting a new year, getting back into a routine. And uh, even though we're in the dog days of winter, uh, we got a beautiful day here in Colorado. want to welcome, again, all those on the East Coast uh, on Hope and Truth FM. You too can listen, or uh, as you listen, you can call in at 303-690-3000 is the number to call. So give me a call. Ask your questions. If you need prayer, uh, prayer for this new year, this new decade. Uh, Looking forward to uh, being able to minister to you in that way. And the text line is 720-336-0897. Again, my name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. And those of you who are listening online, um, please give us a call anywhere in the United States. Uh, that number will work. Put those numbers in your contacts, the on-air number and the uh, dedicated text line number, and then you'll have it ready for to you know pull out and give us a call or uh, text us if you got a question or a prayer request. Hey, we're back to our, our normal schedule here at Calvary Greeley. So those of you in northern Colorado, on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, we will be back in the book of Jeremiah. We just started that book on Wednesday night, right before uh, the holidays hit. And so we'll be in chapter 3, and we've got a long ways to go. So we're going to continue our verse-by-verse study in Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet, as many of you know. And the reason that he was weeping, because he was seen, and and he was given a difficult message to a nation that was about ready to go off into captivity, a nation that was about ready to die. And so the message that he had to give was very difficult, and we're going to look at that. Uh, I think it's very relevant for us today, the book of Jeremiah. It's an incredible book, 
And if you've never done a study in the book of Jeremiah, come out and see us on Wednesday night. I, I know you'll be tremendously blessed. We got a place for all the kids, and uh, we got a place uh, for the youth as well, middle schoolers and high schoolers, 7 o'clock, calvarychapelgreeley.org for location. We're easy to find. We're just a couple blocks west of Texas Roadhouse on 27th Street. Uh, Everybody in northern Colorado here in Greeley area, you know where Texas Roadhouse is. And uh, so come out and join us at 7 o'clock for our midweek study. Also, on Sunday mornings, we are in Chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy Chapter 3, uh, going into chapter 4. These are the last words of Paul the Apostle before he ends up facing the axemen uh, and he's put to death. And these are very important words that Paul gives to Timothy. And the message that I have to give on this Sunday is we'll be uh, covering those verses 10 through uh, 15 that he tells Timothy, Timothy in light, that that is going to be the last days being perilous. And that word perilous Paul borrows from Matthew's gospel in chapter 8 that speaks of a description of the the demoniacs and the Gadarenes, that they were uh, terribly fierce, uh, perilous. They uh, were ones that Jesus and his disciples, of course, uh, when they went on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, met. He uses that word that Matthew uses, same Greek word. He says it's going to be perilous times, and he gives 19 uh, characteristics of what the the uh, attitudes, what the behavior and conduct of man's going to be in these last days. And he uses the word love five times. And it begins with lovers of self, lovers of money, and then the last characteristic is going to be lovers of pleasure. And those are the two bookends that we looked at Sunday and everything in between that leads to haughty and arrogant and fierce and brutal without self-control. But then he tells Timothy, you know, uh, Timothy, this is what your reaction to that is going to be, that you need to follow my doctrine, my manner of life. You know of my persecutions. You know that persecution is going to come against all who live godly in Christ Jesus. Evil men and impostors are going to grow worse and worse. And you must continue in the scriptures that you have learned. So it's a very important message to me that I want to give, that the Lord has really laid some things on my heart. It's a message not only for our generation, it's a message that I really uh, want to share my heart with the younger generation, because those of us who are getting older, we're going to be passing on the baton. And and so uh, we must continue in the Scriptures in the day in which we're living in. So we're going to talk about that, how Timothy was raised in Lystra and and a, a culture that was Greek culture, and the Greek pantheons, and all of this. And um, he had a mother and a grandmother that spoke truth to him, and spoke the scriptures to him from childhood, uh, brethos, uh, when he was a little, little child, maybe a baby, it describes, and how important it is that we do that, and that we continue in the scriptures we've, we've learned. So it's very much on my heart. We have three morning services on Sunday, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. The next few weeks, these um, teachings are going to be very, very rich, as this is Paul's last will and testament that he gives to his son Timothy, inspired by God, because it's a message for us. And you see, whenever that we give a last message to somebody, 
Those are important things that are on the heart of an individual, and they are Paul the Apostle. So come out and join us, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. But uh, we got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to Inglewood, where uh, Kim is on line one. Hi, Kim. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Okay, so um, my question is, how can I please God in my behavior as a Christian wife without enabling my husband's choices? So, for example, we've struggled, or I've struggled, with his opinion and choice to use marijuana and to watch, like, inappropriate movies. Yeah. And I've tried different avenues, counseling at the church. I Bible study with him, my personal reasons why I don't like it, things like that. But he still chooses to do it. Um, He said with marijuana, he compares it to alcohol. He's not getting drunk. Mm -hmm. Well, with marijuana, he says he can smoke just a little bit and not get high. So he's not going against scripture. So he always has things like that to say why it's okay. So at this point, I don't want to displease God by walking around our home being, um, I'm not angry. I just don't like that he does it. So I kind of distance myself from him. Mm-hmm. And that causes problems. So how? Well, you got to what you got going on in the home is divergent. You know the the thing about it, and I, you know, for all those who are listening, is God has called the husband to be the leader in the home, and and that's why it's so important that we as men and we as husbands that we take that responsibility um, very very serious because. We're going to be held accountable to that. So you got a divergence in the home to where he um, may be a believer, but uh, the things that he's doing um, is uh, is not something that's pleasing to the Lord. You know, the things that he watches, um, you know, smoking marijuana. I get Christians all the time that ask me, is it okay to smoke marijuana? It's legal. Um, uh, and... Um, you know, not hurting anyone. Well, it the thing is, is we know that the Scripture says, as Paul writes in Ephesians, that he says, you know, don't be unwise, understand the will of the Lord, don't be drunk with wine, which is the dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So, you know, you can say, well, I'm not drunk, but the thing is, don't be filling your mind, because, you know, smoking marijuana it may be legal or, you know, drinking alcohol, but somehow it's going to begin to affect your mind. It, it begins to, um, you know, fill your mind. And uh, and we want to be ones that are filled with the Spirit. Um, you know, one of the things is we don't want to fill our minds with anything that is going to um, affect our uh, ability uh, to you know, discern what is clean and unclean, what is holy, what is unholy. Because you might remember, clear back in the Old Testament, an illustration of this is when Nabat and Abihu offered profane fire um, there at the tabernacle, uh, when you read in the book of Leviticus chapter 10, 
and they were burned with fire. And then the Lord comes along and says to Aaron, hey, you, Aaron, and your remaining two sons, when you go into the tabernacle, make sure that you're not filled with wine or have been drinking wine so yet you can discern between what is what is evil, what is good, what is unholy, what is holy, what is clean, what is unclean. So the thing is, we want to fill our minds with that which is good. We want to fill our minds with the Word of God. We want to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. But for you, where you're at, praying for your husband, first of all, and then second of all, just sharing Scripture with him. You know, when it comes to what we fill our minds with, you can show him Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, that finally, brethren, whatever things are true and whatever things are noble and whatever things are just and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything that's praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so share those scriptures and say, the reason that I don't like to watch it is because I can't say that this is true and this is pure and this is noble and this is just and of good report and praiseworthy. And I want to meditate on those things. I, I want to fill my, my mind with the things of the Lord to renew my mind um, is what we're told throughout the scriptures. Uh, we are to uh, be ones that we uh, are to, this is the will of God, that we give thanks, um, that we praise him, that in our homes, uh, as he writes in Ephesians, that we are to you know, be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So where you're at right now, um, Kim, is to pray for your husband and, and to keep praying and to share those scriptures with him. And, and here's the thing. We can't change anybody. Right. One of the things that I have learned is I make a lousy Holy Spirit. But I can bring the word of God that is alive, that can pierce the heart of an individual. And you don't have to do it in a way where it's like, oh, you know, you're nagging me or you're just Bible thumping me. You can do it in a very gentle way because, um, you know, we don't want any corrupt word to proceed out of our mouths. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Um, we want to keep that guideline that's given to us in Ephesians. Also, as Paul told Timothy um, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, that a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. In a sense, that's what you're doing right now. You, you, you are bringing correction. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do as well. So in other words, Kim, that you are going to be gentle, you know, able to teach, patient in humility, bringing that correction. And when Paul writes, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, it isn't like God is saying, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. What God is saying is, is they need to repent, but it has to be a work of the Lord. It has okay. to be a work of the Lord. So you keep praying. You keep, you know, being that, that witness in your life, speaking the things of the Lord, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, you know, filling your house with the Word of God, praying for Him, 
you know, and meditate on those things that are praiseworthy, renewing your mind with the Word of God, and you keep doing it day after day after day after day. You keep growing in the Lord, and uh, hopefully uh, as the Lord is, um, you know, going to work in his heart, and you keep lifting your husband to the Lord. Okay, yeah, thank you. I needed um, that. Um, just just one more thing. I I did, I have done the Bible study and been praying, and I will keep um, doing those things. It got to the point where I just, okay, I'm going to distance myself just because when he gets home from work, I don't like, I can see it in his eyes. And then he'll say he's going to take out the trash and he's sitting in the car for two hours and we have five children so it's hard for me to be inside taking care of the kids doing everything I'm supposed to do and he's outside doing that so I kind of let it get to me and affect my behavior and I don't really fight with him about it I just distance myself and he says that I'm not doing right by distancing myself and that I should be nice to him when he gets home from work but I'm worried. I, I, I was worried that if I'm nice and fine every day, it would enable him to keep doing it. So, should I be like everything's fine every day, or well, think, um, like th- there's no consequences? I guess don't don't let it affect me. I um, think that you could. Yeah, here's the thing, Kim. You know, I think that you can take him by the hand and say that you know, listen. You know, when you come home, I don't want you sitting out in the car for two hours. Your kids need you. I need you. You know, we want to spend time with you. And and just in the honesty of your heart, in that gentleness, just saying, we want you to be here. And sometimes when, when men get corrected, they don't want to hear it. They make excuses. They'll also pray about, um, it sounds like you've been through counseling and things like that. To, to, you know, encourage him to get involved with some men, some godly men that can just, you know, um, encourage him. And I don't know if he's open to that, but, you know, just to keep praying that the Lord will get a hold of his heart and the honesty. You said something about enabling. There's a difference between helping and enabling. And, yeah. and so you want to, in the honesty of your heart, say, you know, Listen, I love you, and the kids love you. We want to spend time with you, and and we we need you. And um, to 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 just keep reminding him of those things, and then praying about that there will be others that will speak into his life as well that truth, and okay. um, and that he'll come to that. But you know, they you know encourage. I tell the guys. You know, get in fellowship. I, I tell Christians, be in fellowship. Be consistent, growing. You know, tell them the importance of that, uh, that we do that. You know, one of the things, um, Kim, that that's part what's on my heart that I'm going to be speaking about this Sunday is it is so critical in the day in which we're living in that we be passing those things on to our children, the Word of God, and Paul says, you followed my manner of life. That's the only time he uses that phrase. He says, you know my doctrine. You followed my manner of life. It's the only time he uses that phrase in the New Testament, in his epistles. And what he's saying is, my life does not contradict what it is that I believe and what I teach. The gospel message, the truth of God's word. 
and it's critical for our kids to see that there's the reality of Jesus. They're not going to see perfection, right? And none of us. But something of the reality of the Lord, they need that. They they can't they they know a mixed message and and I don't know how old your kids are, but they know a mixed message and they know um, you know enough to know when you know we can say I'm a Christian, go to church, you know, do what I say, but we're living a different life. Uh, I tell you, um, it, it catches up with them. So yeah. be in prayer, you know, just you know pray with him you know, as much as you can, keep speaking truth into his heart and and ask the Lord to soften his heart and open up his eyes. And we can do that right okay. now. Okay. okay. Father, I pray, Lord, for Kim as she's um, in this situation. I just pray for her husband. You know everything that's going on. And I ask that you would just open up his eyes, that you would soften his heart, that he would see of the, the and realize the awesome responsibility that you have given to him, the role that you've given to him as a husband and as a father, that he would understand that they need him. And, and Lord, that um, you would just uh, bring that conviction to his heart, give Kim wisdom in the words that she speaks, the words of truth into his life, and, Lord, that you would show yourself strong on his behalf in bringing him to that place of repentance. And, Lord, coming to the knowledge of the truth. And I pray that you would just uh, take away just the temptations and those things that the enemy brings into his life and to their family. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Kim, I'll be praying for you. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Aurora with Camille. Did I say that right? It's Camille, Camille thanks. Camille, how yes. are you? I'm doing well. I just had a question. Um, you know, Scott Thomas Anderson in his in his course, The Heart of a Billionaire, put a dollar figure on addictions. And he says whenever you have an addiction, whether it's smoking, drinking, eating out, expensive lattes, whatever, three times a week, it's $2 million over your lifetime. How can mm-hmm. a church be that stupid to sit there and right. just live their life paying this $2 million, knowing that, like our, the word says, and I've read it 43 times, there's a serious judgment for people that do burnt offerings to demon gods and drink offerings. And based on history, people don't do something different. I mean, we've seen addiction be part of society for centuries. I don't understand right. why they don't. On your order? Listen. I have like a five-minute wait on the leg. Can I make okay. them? Whatever you want. I got somebody no, I else on the line or something. So, yeah. Camille? And I'm just going, yeah. do, you, do you have a question? Yes. I'm wondering how the church can sit there and go blindly continuing to pay their $2 million, each one of them. And, you know, knowing if you're supposed to read your Bible and you're reading your Bible and you see that there's judgments for doing these burnt offerings to demon gods, why are they doing this? Well, I'm not sure exactly what you're getting at in burnt offerings uh, to demons. Um, You've kind of tied it in. I'm not sure kind of what exactly that you're getting at, why the church does that in losing $2 million. 
um, I do know that when it comes to offerings, that we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. I can tell you that. Paul writes about that in the book of Romans, um, that after he talks about the wonderful, wonderful gospel, he says that you, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. I know that we can offer an offering of praise to the Lord. I know that we have uh, an offering that we give in our giving to the Lord uh, when we give financially. Um, I know also that the New Testament speaks about um you know, giving a offering of praise to the Lord is what we're to offer. So those are the things that um, we are to focus on, and those are the things that we are to um, just continue as Christians and the things that are pleasing to Him. So I don't know if that's where you're shooting at or not, Camille. I'm not yeah. quite sure where you're going with your question. But to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord in our service to the Lord, in our giving to the Lord, um, are living for the Lord, a living sacrifice, and those chapters are so important in chapters 12, 13, 14 um, of uh, Romans to tell us how we can please God and then our giving of our praise to Him as well. So those are the things that are important. So, hey, appreciate your call, getting a little feedback on that, Camille. God bless you. Have a new year. Hey, give me a call. we got a few minutes left, about five minutes left, 303 690 it's the number to call, um, and I uh, would love to talk to you. I do have, um, there's a text that maybe we'll end the show on this, um, that um, somebody uh, had uh, uh, text in and um, just struggling with their salvation. Um, and um, they thought that they were saved, but did a Bible um, study, realize I didn't know God, um, and it caused fear in my life, and I cried out to God, but it seems silent. Um, and um, how can I stop this? Here's the thing, and, and Chance, uh, if you're listening, that you don't have to be fearful. He hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. And the gospel is good news. It, it, it's not a terrifying news. And if you don't know God, he has open arms right now. And he desires for you to come to him and call out on him. And Jesus, when he went to that cross, he went to that cross because he did the work. He did the work dying for his sins. He cried out, it is finished. I paid the price. I've done the work. He was put into a tomb. He rose again. And now he says, and I want to read you these words um, from Matthew. And I hope you're listening, Chance. Because sometimes people are so afraid. They have this unhealthy fear of the Lord. But Jesus on that hillside said, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So he says, Come to me. And he says, Come to me. And that's an invitation for all of us. And then Paul writes that in the book of Romans, that as we call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved asking for forgiveness, realizing that, that he's, you know, uh, Lord and Savior, and ask him to be your Lord and Savior, personal Lord and Savior. And then Paul writes about that as we do that, there is no now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans chapter 8. Listen, as you come to the Lord and come in faith, 
And it's not based on feelings. It's based on what the Word of God has to say. And so you walk by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And you come by faith and knowing that as you call in the name of the Lord, He will hear you. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, be my personal Lord and Savior. And then he goes on and he says that we don't have the spirit of fear, but we have the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with your spirit that we are children of God. Just come to him and say, Lord, this is what your word says, and I come to submit my life to you. I turn to you. I ask for forgiveness for you to sit upon the throne of my life. And then you don't have to have the spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind, the spirit of adoption where you can cry out, Abba, Father. We are the only ones that those who have come to Jesus Christ that can really cry that out. You're my Papa. You're my Father. And then you're going to see that you, as you have peace with God because of your faith in Him, that you can have the peace of God and the Spirit of God bearing witness with our spirit that we belong to Him. So you don't have to be afraid. Walk in faith. Believe what the Bible says. And the invitation always, and this is a message for all of you that are listening out there, the invitation is always to come. It is always to come. The Lord loves you. And if there's one thing I hope that you always remember in this year, in this new decade, is that the Lord loves you so much. And that's why Jesus came to die for you, and he desires to do wonderful things in your life. And I just want to read real quick as we're getting ready to, to go off the air that in 1 Corinthians, I was sharing this with a brother today, that chapter 2, verse 9, As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Hey, God bless you. Good to be back with you. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you next time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.